We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we stand today. The Boonwurrung and Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation. We would also like to pay respect to the elders past, present and future. And their continual contributions to storytelling, performance and art. This was and always will be Aboriginal land. Sovereignty was never ceded. Welcome back to the official and original Born to Drag Drag podcast. podcast. I'm Marley. And I'm Thomas. And we are so excited to be back to share with you the amazing drag kings. Drag queens. And all the drag betweens. Here in Melbourne. And beyond. Beyond. How are we going, Thomas? How are you? Oh, I am very well, thank you, Marley. It is a Monday. I've had a full day of university. Yes. I had an assessment this morning, so my brain is dead. How about yourself? Great. We'll skip over me. Okay, um. moving on. <laughs> um, how are you, pot plant, in the background of Marley's Zoom? Oh, screen? the pot plant's actually okay. It does have a few yellow leaves though, and it's really uh, rude because it's look only like on one thriving, though. No, so it's thriving. Yes, it's thriving on two of the like strands that are coming down. And then on one of them, it keeps turning yellow and it's just like an empty green strand. Multiple strands. That's very fancy for a devil's ivy. That must be expensive. Or have you been growing it for for many years? It's been there for a couple of years. Mm. Yeah. Well, at the risk of mansplaining plant care too. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm just going to stop there. I'm not going to. I'm not even going to try. Don't bother. Because you probably Don't know bother. more than I. <laughs> anyway, we are uh, back for another episode. It is season three. Yes. We've already done two fabulous episodes. The first with Miss Luna Thick, and the second, a bonus episode with the no longer reigning Miss First Nation oh. Chocolate Box. So make sure you listen to those episodes and then come back and listen to this one. Yes, I know. We've really been mm-hmm. packing it in and it's been a, a wild past month, I have to say. There's been a lot going on. Um, you know, I've been a little frazzled, so bear with me. But, you know, we are here and we are ready. <laughs> wild is an understatement. Mm. Um, we came straight out of a comedy festival, straight into Midsummer, a oh. Nuremberg Boy festival. So there's just wow. so much happening and Midsummer's finished but we've still got the pride march coming up on yeah. the third 23rd of may in st kilda mm-hmm. um which is you know always an incredibly fun day um there'll be some drag performers there i'm sure marching alongside all of us queer kids yes yes and then as you mm-hmm. said before we've got the year and boy festival which is still on at the moment and there are some great shows happening around melbourne there are a wide variety of genres such as dance comedy music drag and visual arts so make sure you jump onto the program online and go ahead and book absolutely there's just so so much happening so make sure you get down to some of the events some that sparked my interest though were the black drag story time Obviously. Um, which is a theatre show. Yes, of course. It, um, is it a theatre show? And Bread, which is a theater... I don't know if Black Drag Storytime is a theatre show. It's literally <clears throat> Black Drag Storytime. Black... No, sorry. I missed... Yeah. I think. Black Drag Story... It's definitely Well, you'll have to find out time. by booking. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
and and bread as well, which is like theater yeah. circus combination. Put them together, you get bread. Yeah, not definitely. not B R E A D, like no. bread is in breed me. Yeah, B R E D, and bread yeah, I did bread, have yeah. a a good mm. look at the program online, and there's so many amazing shows. Um, there's Year and Boy After Dark, The Deadly, Funny Showcase, Ziggy Ramo, and Garrett Lyons, who are incredible. Uh, singers so definitely two to catch um as well as the theater show the fae um which features drag excellence miss first nations finalists cerulean and stone motherless cold speaking of miss first nation congratulations oh. to our winner cerulean yes yes we love can we you. get an applause from our audience thank yes. you audience <laughs> And also a big congratulations to our first runner-up, Stone Motherless Cold, and our yes. second runner-up, Estelle. Yes, very amazing job. I mean, I'm so happy for them, and it was such a great event that we attended. Uh, we saw the costume and talent portion, uh, Cerulean sung, Stone Motherless Cold painted, and Estelle did uh, the contemporary body. dance. Yes, Yeah, she did dance. the contemporary dance with um, paint everywhere, which was mm-hmm. great. Um, but yeah, just so much talent out there and it's glad that we got to, you know, witness and see the Indigenous drag talent around Australia. Yes, I had a really, really fun time. We ordered some hot chips because it was outside. Oh, it was so cold. Yes. Um, we were rugged up, but I did have that, you know, sometimes we just have that little like patch of skin between your socks and your pants and then that just makes your entire body cold. The ankle. Um, yeah, we didn't rug up. the ankle. You know, that's what it's called. Well done. The ankle. Anatomy one hundred and one. But yes, speaking of talented and amazing and incredible performers, Marley, don't stop laughing at me. This is very making me self conscious. No, uh, we do hope to uh, to speak to one of the finalists on the podcast very soon for an interview, and we'll but we'll let them process their success for now. Yes. Because we have another incredibly talented and captivating drag burlesque artist here today with us. Ah, we sure do. Thomas, please tell our audience who do we have on the podcast today? Tell the fans. Oh, I will let the fans know right after this (laughs) short break. And we're back from our very short, no, very long, strenuous, hard break. Highly advertised work so hard here at Born to Drag. (laughs) So many sponsors. But yes, (laughs) we are joined with a very incredible, fabulous, burlesque drag artist. Let me just give you a little bit of info about them, shall I? Mm. Since making their debut at the 2019 Melbourne Fringe Festival and snatching the crown as the judge's choice for Burlesque Idol Australia 2020, as Cadelia, boom, there it is, name drop, has (laughs) mesmerised audiences and kept them in the palm of her hand, dazzling them with a conceptually driven performance that is a blend of sensual and the psychotic. She will leave you hypnotised, electrified, and perhaps a little terrorised as the cheeky romp explores the darker side of love, so please welcome to the podcast, Miss Ascadelia La Rouge. Yes. How are you? Yes, welcome. Hello, hello. Hello. I still, 
still um, processing the, the ankle comment. I know. <laughs> you know what I mean, though, right? Like, sometimes you the just have, ankle. like, one patch of skin that you just forget to cover up on a freezing night, as it was, and then Absolutely. it just makes the rest of patch your body of cold. Otherwise known as an ankle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sure as, as a burlesque artist, you are very accustomed to having patches of skin exposed. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The ankle, <laughs> the shoulder, maybe, you oh, know. Not the shoulder. How scandalous. Oh, no, my goodness. Who would have thought? <laughs> I believe you show your shoulder yeah, slip. Little shoulder slip. Haven't we all had a shoulder yes. slip before? <laughs> Always. Well, Miss 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 Ascadelli has had a lot more than a shoulder slip. I mean, as you mentioned before, Thomas, she uh, was in the you had the burlesque idol that you participated in and snatched the crown at. Yes, I did. I did. Yes. All, um, you know, a little bit pre-COVID and then during COVID and then post-COVID. Mm. It was wonderful. Yes, that's right. Wonderful time. Because it was 2020, the right? Year that shall not be named. Yes. Yes. So that was before COVID you managed to snatch the crown for Burlesque Idol. So, yeah. So we had like the state competitions. I won the Victorian yeah. meets. And then, um, you know, obviously because of COVID, everything got pushed back. So then, yeah, we, we came back and we did our national, you know, competition and then got judges choice for 2020 wonderful how exciting yes Mm. very exciting because one of our uh our guests from season two also did burlesque idol and you handed over the crown didn't you Uh. (laughs) (laughs) my reign wasn't that long (laughs) and it was like through a global pandemic too Literally, literally, like, yeah. yeah, I think it was February. We had the like, oh, maybe even earlier, probably January. We had the, the finals, and then two months later, the twenty twenty one, uh, kicked off as well. So it was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. I've had this for like two yeah. months. Here you go. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you said that yes. was the the birth of Ascadelia. Is that correct? Ascadelia, sorry. Um, yes, uh, kind of in a way, I think that was Azkadelia's first, um, experience in a competition environment, which is very different. Um, mm. very, yeah, very different. And um, how long had you been doing burlesque before that? Um, I've been doing burlesque for four years now, but only officially debuted as a soloist, like towards the end of 2019. Um, Yes, that's my my background. And how does one get started in burlesque? Like, do you just start by taking beginner classes, then working your way up? And, like, what sparked your interest as well? Oh, well, I was living with a flatmate at the time and they'd mentioned that they'd taken a burlesque class and I I had no idea what it was. My only reference was from the movie. The Uh, movie. (laughs) And if you seen the movie and you know burlesque and you, you know what burlesque is about you know that that's not burlesque <laughs> that ain't that ain't it sis that it's ain't it not. that's not the lifestyle you'll be living for. <laughs> um <laughs> so um yeah I took my very first class and um honestly very first class honest uh 
did not enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not, not in the way that like it was a bad class, but it was just very um, confronting um, mm. standing in front of these like floor to ceiling mirrors and didn't really have a lot of dance experience either. And um, during that same year was like the year I'd moved out of the house of divorce and, <laughs> you know, not living the most healthy lifestyle. So it was just very confronting, yeah. you know, getting moving again. And yeah, that that was that. But yeah. Yeah. That was my first experience. But yeah, we're here now and we're loving it. And of course, drag has become a very big part of, you know, my performance style. So yeah. Yeah. We're here. And obviously like doing drag and burlesque there's a lot of crossover um and also like drag isn't really such a distinct or you know it's not a one kind of avenue one facade art form it's like you can Mm. take it on through anything you can be anything in drag um so do you always in your drag of as Cadelia, do you always have burlesque as a part of your performance? I think, uh, yeah, 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 I definitely do. I think, um, just in terms of the way that I perform, I find it is like one piece of the puzzle that just melds together. It's just so perfectly mm. that the like the burlesque thinking and the entire uh, costume and it, it's just it's theater and I and that's what works best for me I think if I were to just focus on one particular area and just do drag I'm not sure I would be able to sell it completely yeah. it wouldn't yeah I don't think that's as Cadelia's brand per yeah. se if I would follow one avenue so I think that's why I like having a bit of a hybrid yeah yeah definitely because you you love to tell a story in your performances Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love how I'm saying all of this. Like, I don't know you at all. Um, <laughs> never met well, I'm, I'm a bit of a as Cadelia virgin. I've actually never seen you oh. before. I know. Shocking. Very shocking. I think I've always, like, just missed. Either I've, like, gone to, you know, a venue the night before, the night after you're performing, mm-hmm. just see how, you know, my, light, my nights mm-hmm. line up. Um, because, yeah, I think when you work hospitality like I do, sometimes you can't go out on a Friday and a Saturday night, which is a bit of a sad life. Yeah, aww. Speaking of work, though, do you do, uh, do you do any work outside of drag and outside of burlesque? Yeah, I'm a little um, corporate worker at the moment, um, oh. as well as, uh, you know, living the broke Centrelink student life. Yes. Um, yep. Wonderful. So... Yeah, the majority of my time is spent studying and doing assessments and, you know, trying to hustle performing because Centrelink does not pay the bills at all. No, it doesn't. Are you listening, Centrelink? What happened to the dental reception? Oh, uh, it is still dental oh, reception, okay. but I like to say... Corporate! Corporate! Jesus! Because you could be anything then. <laughs> Corporate dental receptionist. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's before I lost my job to go. Um, I love it. <laughs> me coming onto the podcast, being like, "Oh, I've got to sound so interesting." <laughs> nah, no, you're still interesting. 
<laughs> corporate does sound very like that's what I tell my friends and family that I'm doing. Yes. But really. <laughs> Oh, no, wait, that's accountant. That's what they say. Like, you're an accountant. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's either accounting or law, like something yeah. in a law firm. That no one wants to ask any follow-up questions yeah. about. Absolutely. <laughs> I like to remain a mystery. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess a dental receptionist. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, you are. And what are you studying, sorry? I'm currently studying uh, visual effects and 3D animation. Um yeah, so very big uh, change in life um, and definitely heading into an area that I'm really, really interested in. Amazing. And how long have you been studying that for now? Um, just since February. So I've only just started. I think, you know, same as a lot of people during COVID reassessed my life. Yep. Um, <laughs> what I have been doing and what I continue mm-hmm. to be doing and, like, yeah, just decided I, I needed to yep. change it up. Yeah. And is that something that you've dabbled in before or is this a complete change? Um, it's not something that I've like actively participated in, but I've yeah. always, you know, from a very young age, I was bought like a really cheap little uh, camera where I would make little uh, movies with my friends and we'd just do all these kind of things. So I've always been interested in, in filming and, and movie making and stuff and that kind of grown into what I did a lot of during lockdown which was working with the projector and doing a lot of um you know art house films um doing that mm, kind that of was thing. my follow-up question I've yes. seen a lot if you just you know scroll down your uh, Instagram yeah. you've got a lot of little treasures yes. there yes my treasure trove <laughs> I mean you can you do um, you make a lot out of like your apartment like your content that you make is pretty impressive for something that you do with a projector and a wall oh thank you <laughs> well you've got to I mean you have to you've got to make the most of the space that you've yeah. got and the utilities that you can and you know COVID created a lot of space and time for people to um I mean not all people it was a struggle for creatives obviously during lockdown but for me, at least, like I had the time <laughs> being unemployed <laughs> to re uh, yep. enter the, the visual art space. And, and yeah. you know, not so much now, unfortunately, because I'm very busy. But um, hmm. yeah, it was really, I loved it. Yeah. I loved well, it. It's very like conceptual yeah. and, you know, like artistic. And obviously, like you have a vision with everything that you make. Like it's always a story. It's always, always three parts. Yeah, um. <laughs> there's, a, there's a point of view and a very clear, like yeah. overall arcing, like aesthetic, even though everything that you do create is mm. quite different individually, there is a quite a um, cohesive kind of look to it all. Mm. Um, is that, where's that inspiration come from? Is that a particular style that you're just drawn to? Oh, um, well, I suppose, I should pay tribute to my mother. Um, so she's a she's a visual artist. So she's worked um, in the visual arts for a very long time. She's done sculptural work, painting, all that kind of stuff. And um, so she definitely like guided me in into that space. Um, in terms of my inspiration for the work that I produce, it comes from a lot of places. But I'd say the main one would be. Um, theatre and I've always had this obsession with spotlights and the way that the like in in a theatre and a stage everything blacks out mm. and all you, you're focusing your attention because of the lighting 
um, is on the performer and, and what's in front of you. So I wanted to translate that into a like a a film medium. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I suppose that's that's awesome. Kind of where the aesthetic comes. Mm, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And then again, like it draws back to your performance because I think it's very similar in the way that you perform and, you know, what you wear. Like you, you always, you you draw people to, like to watch you, like you captivate um, your audience. And it's quite, yeah, it's quite cool to watch because it's very similar to your videos. It's just like, yeah, it's just very, very artistic mm. and very conceptual. And obviously, yeah, and I think- sorry, go ahead. Sorry to cut you off. I think the way you also just described that um, obsession with the spotlight and the way that you as the performer in the spotlight can control Mm -hmm. what the audience sees and what they don't see, Mm -hmm. that sounds like burlesque to me as well. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Like, you have that power as the performer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what drew me to the stage. (laughs) I love, like, I'm, I'm quite an introvert in everyday life, but. As soon as I am in any proximity to a stage, I have to be on it and everyone has to look at me. Oh, we know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't wait to to see, to pop my Ascotelia cherry. Like, I mean, from speaking with everyone, the favourite is always, well, often the Marie Antoinette um, performance show that you do. Ooh, explain. Tell yes. me. Well, Ascadalia could probably, I mean, it's, Ascadalia could probably explain it a bit better than me. Oh, God. Um, well, one of the uh, video creations that I made during lockdown, I believe, um, was inspired by the hand fan, which during the, the 17th century, uh, 16th to 17th century, was um, pretty much the only medium that women of the time could communicate with their potential lovers, you know, across the room. So that in itself, I was like, oh, that's so cool. I should like create something like that. So I made a little video where I pretty much recreated what those movements would have been with subtitles of, of what they meant mm. and how to use your lover from across the room and then um mm. yeah I was offered to do a show um at a burlesque show and was like I feel like I just need to do something new and then was like hang on a second I've got a full costume um I've just styled this wig that looks like a big Marie Antoinette creation so let's do that but bring it on the stage but in and make it different so yeah but it, it's one of my favorite acts to perform it's really fun really really it's so fun (laughs) it is it is and um you have also just kind of opened up as more of like a creative hub with La Rouge Studios and your photography um so why don't you tell all of your fans about it um I've always had my eye on opening something up uh to collaborate with other artists so um a lot of the video work that I do, I've wanted to do with other people to like make their visions come to life. So it's still something that's, you know, quite informal at the moment. I don't have a place to work from. I'm still working out of my apartment. Um, but it's definitely a space that I want to explore um, in terms of videography, photography, and just content creation. So um, that's definitely a space that I want to explore more. Yeah. Uh, but yes, Livery Studios, hit me up. <laughs> hit me up. <laughs> definitely hearing that, yes. listeners. 
Yes, or <laughs> not, not. You don't even have to be a, a fan. You can be a creative. You can be a professional and hit up LaRue's Studios for a fabulous creative collaboration. Exactly, and it's always good to hear when uh, our like our guests, our performers, our queer creators have these other avenues that they're able to, you know, help out other performers, mm. earn their skills mm. while doing something mm. that they love. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I can't wait to see what's going to happen with that. Me too. I can't wait to see all the collaborations that are bound to happen because we have so many mm. incredible performers yeah. here that I reckon could really benefit from something like that. Especially post-COVID era where we have so much more digital content or the need for more digital content because, you know, the world still isn't opened up and we have no way for international performers Mm -hmm. um, to, you know, to perform with us and then vice versa. Absolutely. So there's a a need for it, I think. Absolutely. It's true. Well, Thomas, do you have any more Mm -hmm. questions for Miss Azkadalia before we move on to the next part of our show? I know, I think I've heard all I need to hear. I know, you're just everyone's just going to have to go and watch. Okay, well, before we get into our next segment of the pod, let's give Azkadili a round of applause for being with us here today. Yeah! Big round of applause. Oh my god, yes! In- insert, insert some applause Work, here, Mama, Thomas, get it. in post. <laughs> yes, yes, thank you, Azkadelia, so much. We are very happy to have had you finally on the podcast. You know, we've been wanting you for ages. Orderly. And um, yes, you know, we're friends, so this is cute, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasure. <laughs> a pleasure. <laughs> All right, let's get into some roasting. Yum, yum. Turn your ovens up to 222 degrees Celsius because we're about to get a roast in. Let's yes. get this roast to cook in. Roast, there's no holding back. Roast, let's get this roast to cook in. All right, everybody, umbrellas up. Let's bring the shade. Yes. This week on episode two of Drag Race Down Under, we had the Snatch Game for the Maxi Challenge and an incredible sea-sickening theme for the runway. We had some intense and hilarious moments that made Drag Race history. But let's begin with the Snatch Game. All right, so Miss Azkadelia, who was your top and bottom in the Snatch Game and why? Oh, I absolutely loved Anita Wiggler. <laughs> it was so good, right? It was so good. And I feel like... It was really um, good. I feel like we're, like, as the viewers getting to know her particularly, like, like very well. Like, as, as I yeah. mean, it's really episode two, but I feel like I understand her compared to some of the other. Yeah, um, right. Drag Especially off. after this episode, when you got yeah. that little bit of that, um, that like you know, human moment where mm. you know she had the breakdown in the confessionals. Absolutely. You got to kind of understand. I mm. wish I broke down like Anita Wiglet. That is fierce, happy breakdown. She's like, yes, it's true. <laughs> I'm like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> the ugly cry. It's, it's... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and oh my I, God, I really, goes. I was a bit. I think I even read it in the last episode how I was like, does New Zealand only have one drag bar? Because it seems like they've just picked (laughs) the three queens from that one bar and popped them straight on the show. Right. But I've kind of flipped now on that thought because it's really, like, nice to see 
two queens who've obviously had a huge history together and worked together mm. for so many years and the way that they support each other so mm. much but still cut each other down, you know, for, yeah. you know, TV and for humour's sake. Right. Absolutely. Speaking of cutting people down, and who was your bottom? <laughs> <laughs> and be honest. <laughs> oh, honestly, uh, I I thought uh, Dolly Parton was pretty dry. Unfortunately, that was a bit dry. Unfortunately, was, yeah. a bit dry. Obviously, Art Simone didn't come through. Mm, not so um, much. Yeah, and Lizzo wasn't quite there either. Oh, she wasn't quite there, was she? Unfortunately, um, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I, oh, I don't know, but it's like those all of them together. Yeah, it was a tough yeah. one. Hey, yeah, it was, it was a tough one. Tough. Yeah, the and Thomas, comments they made, they were like, "This is one of the best. This will go down in history as one of the best Snatch Games." I know, ever. and, and like, like, no. surely <laughs> it's not so much. Yeah. Land are you living in? Yeah, literally. But I just thought, like, the placement of the Snatch Game episode oh, two was just really I know. unfair like they probably hadn't oh, yeah. unpacked their bags yet and they're like all right, right. straight in because that's like a exactly high a very high very question to be put in very i know there were so many iconic australian references placed in there but rupaul and michelle weren't you know yeah. knowing yeah. enough to pick up on it or understand exactly mm. exactly thank god yeah. we have reese who i'm really enjoying on the show too yeah, yeah. he's doing a wonderful job yeah he's fine. being that like bridge between the drag like the queer world and the Australian right. world right exactly <laughs> exactly yeah. what about you thomas did you have any alternate top and bottoms for the snatch game um i Look, it's controversial, but I really enjoyed et cetera, et cetera, as Lindy Chamberlain. I thought it was... No. I thought it was very funny. do that. It was tough, but, like, I, like, just on, like, face value, like, it just was very funny. Oh, <laughs> Ignoring... no, Thomas is going absolutely to hell. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was like, 40, nearly 50 years ago now, right? Oh, so it's ago. fine then. In the last post then, when it's I'm Anzac Day, I'll sure. just sit down then. I'm pretty sure she's still alive today. Like, yeah, she's, yes, she's still rocking streets. Yeah. Like that was that I was just, a big choice. That one. It was a big. It was a big swing. It was a big swing. I thought it hit, but I understand why it's controversial and why it's. A, it was hard to laugh at, but I laughed. <laughs> and what about your bottom? I mean, I, yeah, I agree with that. I I also disagree with the the safe queens. Same. <laughs> I was a bit confused. Yeah. As why it was a Dr. Top... Zeus, get your ass in the bottom. Yeah, it was a, like, or it was a top one, a safe <laughs> What the two. bloody hell was that? That was the weirdest thing yeah. I've ever seen. That didn't even make and any bottom sense. Bottom six. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't even, do I even have a top? I don't, I think my top would be Anita Wiggler as well. Oh, and then Miles. Ob- yeah, I really Miles. did for some reason. <laughs> Really loved Catherine O'Hara. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. The the voice was, like, completely wrong. It was so wrong. strange, but so she good. Woeful. <laughs> I think I was laughing at them, but, though, not with them. So that's, yeah. I guess, there wouldn't be my top. Well, they're, yeah, they're not really the top for me. Yeah. Um, bottom, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, 
It was... Pro- Let's just give it to Scarlett Adams because she's Scarlett Adams. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> you mean redacted. Redacted. Yeah, redacted. We'll give it to, we'll give it to that one. Um, yeah, and then obviously we had the runways, the sea-sickening runways... Uh, which were, I think, yeah. I enjoyed a Overall, lot of them. Overall, yeah, yeah, I thought it was a pretty strong runway from everyone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the definitely the shark outfit was pretty incredible, I must say. Yeah, my um, favourite, my top was et cetera, et cetera, by far. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It yeah. was great. I thought it was so stunning. Yeah. It was really good. I know. And very, very different from the majority of the other queens. Like, they seem to yeah. take a lot of inspiration from Ursula and very, like, sea witchy. Yeah. I like yeah. the interpretation of the theme. Yeah. Reminds me of, like, Gigi Good. Like, that's what Gigi Good would right. do yeah. through that runway. Very true. Like, that just super tight waist. Yeah, the... just put a, put a riding helmet in her hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Maybe exactly. that's probably why it reminds me, because Gigi had, like, four riding helmet, right. <laughs> like helmet looks. <laughs> Was that your? But do we have your, any? Mm? Do we have any top? Any different tops? Like, what was your <sighs> top, Marley? I honestly don't know. Honestly, I really liked Art Simone's outfit, even though it scared oh, the yeah. hell out of me. Beautiful. She was so pale. She faded into the background of the um the set on the runway. I couldn't even see. All I saw was dress and eyes. Um, but. I liked Anita Wiglets as well. Her like yeah. black with blue and all of that type of thing. I did like the shark. I don't know. I don't I I don't know if I have like a singular favorite, but I'm going to mm. give it to Art Simone. I'm Do you agree as Cadelia? Um yeah, I would have to say I really liked it. Yeah. Um, I, do, I do like it. Yeah. Uh, but I do agree like Anita Wiglet, I love their outfit and I think Arts and Marine was so good. So mm. good. Yeah, so beautiful. Um, Very. I was just say, what about the comment that Coco Jumbo does not look like Ursula? Excuse me, that was essentially Ursula Cosby. It was very yeah. Ursula. She just wasn't was purple. Yeah, and Michelle, Michelle was like, yeah, that they look purple. And I'm like, um, honey. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, Ursula wears a black dress. She just has purple skin. But like exactly. the wig... The colors. There was purple on the like the dress. It's true. It was Ursula drag. <laughs> it's true. It was good yep. too. Like it was good Ursula drag. Like it was yeah. different enough that it wasn't just a cosplay. Yeah. And what about our bottom look? We are missing one on this sheet, and it is um, redacted. Maxi Shield. Oh, redacted doesn't count. But oh, Maxi Shield, <laughs> we are Maxi missing. Shield, yeah. And I must say that was uh, quite not great. Quite yeah. not great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same with not yeah, Electro Shock as well. It was just a bit Yeah, like, that was quite not great right, too. You're in a dress. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, but. I mean, rich parents at year 10 formal is a very accurate statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's definitely. But I mean, yeah, they're like um, uh, Dr. Zeus, what's their name? Ketamine. Their outfit was kind of cool. Mm. I couldn't fully grasp it, but it was kind of cool yeah. with all of the bits coming mm. off of it. The purple 
um, yeah, like the jellyfish. Thing. Yeah, no, that yeah. was cool. I love yeah. anything that has movement to it. Yes, yeah. definitely. Similar to like um, to uh, Bimini's yes um, amoeba runway. Amoeba. Mm. Yes, and I did love Karen's shark outfit. I thought that was great. Yeah, yeah so Karen. Yeah. Capital C. Very, very with the hood and everything. Yeah, no, it was mm. fierce. Overall, sea sickening runway. I enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. What about the whole episode? Do we have any other little tidbits, any thoughts about the overall episode? Any thoughts? Ah! (laughs) Honestly, like, this episode redeemed itself for me because episode one, I was like, I hate this. And then this episode, I was like, I love it. And Art Simone is (laughs) the best for that entire moment that she had at the end. I was laughing. Um, I've seen it at least ten times over. It is so good and I'll never forget it. I think, yeah, you said that to me before that the last, like, five minutes of this episode was just, like... Oh, last 50 yeah. seconds. Logie award-winning oh. television. Honestly, it really was. <laughs> it really was. As Cadelia, did you have any thoughts? I just, I, like, I have so much empathy for these queens. Like, I can't even imagine, like, the amount of stress and, like, they would... Oh, like this is the biggest drag platform to come to Australia and like yeah. them to be in the public eye. Like of course art was gonna, you know, like she did not come across maybe the best way, but like I can't imagine. Like <laughs> I she has such big reach and like has such a big um Yes audience. She yeah. would, you'd be feeling the pressure and in that moment I just like I was like, she I'm did. sorry, girl. I would not want to be in your shoes right now. Like, I can't imagine. Right. It would be so hard. Absolutely. And I mean, she, like you said, she's got such a big audience. She said, my thousands of fans expected more from me. And I mean, yeah, like, your Bindi Irwin like, wasn't you're fierce. Not wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I think was... everyone expected her to be yeah. top three. Yeah. Just based on what we know, know prior to. Yeah. 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 But um, we did get some iconic lines, of course. We did. We really did. I mean, <laughs> I'm the best that one means here. Nothing. <laughs> I'll never live this up. Oh, um, also, Coco Jumbo's just sod bitch. <laughs> as she walked that to was the so back good. Of the stage. That was so evil. Oh, I think I fell on the floor. I'm like, what a perfect. I mean, I don't know if that's just the like the down under humor. Yeah. Or if there I, was. I think some, Coco like, Jumbo is also like just like a funny person. Yeah, I was like, maybe that's a reaction to just how overly confident art is. Yeah, yeah. was. Yeah, so it's just I mean, kind of like, sorry, like the, I did. That. Yeah, yeah. And the only other thing I um I must point out, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again, is I would really like to know if uh Danny Minogue's koala picture is from Kmart or Temple and Webster. There is a three hundred and fifty nine dollar <laughs> difference in price, and I would like to know which one I is saw on, on the wall. Instagram, it's the same. It's the same picture. Right? Same picture from Kmart like and from Temple yeah. and Webster. Yeah, Maybe. it's exactly the same, and I I think we deserve to know. Well, I hope for everyone's sake that it's the Temple and West a Webster version because what is she doing with that? Me too. What show is she on? X Factor. I think Boys? so. The X Factor money. Where that go? X Factor money. What is she? Yeah. If not to Temple and West Webster. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I know exactly. Mm. I wonder uh, how much these guest 
in quotation mark guest judges are getting paid. Oh yeah, I mean they a... were really needed on the episode. I mean we got to see yeah. them so much. Danny Minogue had so much uh, good, uh, you know, it really some good things to say that would help the performers, such as uh, once mm. I fell over and then I kept going. Wow, thanks wow. for that, Danny. Really wow. helpful. For... So insightful. I mean they must have. They must have had it in budget to like actually have her on a live Zoom rather than Kylie's pre-recorded. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the difference in the, their star level. Yeah. So it's true. like, well, Danny can work on our time, but we'll work on Kylie's time. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> so I just feel a little bit, a little bit cheated. <laughs> yeah, from the Minogues. These these are the guest judges that we're. I mean, iconic guest judges, but we're just getting yeah, Zoom calls. I, like, yeah, pandemic life. Yes, but um, overall for me, good good episode for me. I enjoyed it. Can't wait to see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Any final comments for episode two? Iconic. Iconic. Shocking. Yes. Shocking. Uh. Australian television history was yeah. we love wait, it. Wait, I've got the perfect word to sum up the episode. Hit it. Shooey. Oh no, <laughs> not the shooey. Not the oh, shooey. Gosh. And oh, my the gosh, next follow-up no. is whose shoes are these? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. I can't believe we witnessed three drag queens. Three drag queens. Taking a shoeies. Wow. On wow. Ripple's drag race. What that has is... the world come to? Highbrow television. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've we've summed up our Down Under episode. We've had a fabulous interview with the amazing As Cadelia. So thank you for joining us once again. Thanks for having me. <laughs> of course. Of course. Yes, you have been an absolute delight. So please let our listeners know where can we find you Ooh, you can find me all over the Instagrams at A Z C A D E L I A underscore. Um, yeah, Instagram is is where I usually hang out. Um, <laughs> as well, if you want to check out at Larouche Studio underscore as well um, to watch that space for new and exciting things to happen. Um, and yeah, that's, that's definitely. Me. Amazing. Well, that was at as Cadelia, A-Z-C-A-D-E-L-I-A underscore. And of course, if you like what you see slash hear, you can tip it as well. So you can give as a tip of appreciation in our tip jar. The link is in our bio and our link tree. And 100% of the tips go directly towards supporting our guests. Yes, tip your drag performers, people. Please. We're bright. Yes, please. (laughs) Yes, that Centrelink check is just not big enough. Negative. To support the drag lifestyle. Uh, Yes, and of course, remember to also follow, like, and subscribe to Born to Drag on Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, and where all good podcasts can be found. That is at Born to Drag, B-O-U-R-N-E-T-O-D-R-A-G. And while you're there, leave us a five-star review because, I mean, we deserve it, honestly. Like, what more can I say? Tea. And, you know, make sure you head to our... <laughs> that, yep, T. Yep, that's enough. But yes, head over to our Instagram page to see some of the amazing drag events that are coming up this yes. week. 
And lastly, if you have a business or want to hear more <coughs> about our amazing sponsorship, then email us at borntodrag at gmail.com. Yes. And just before we finish up, as Cadelia, do you have any events coming up? Oh, um, I'm going to be traveling down to Recess, uh, which is ah. a restaurant in Geelong with Sam Thompson um, and yes. some other friends. Uh, we've got some, ge- you'll, you'll find me on the socials, but I'm usually um, performing yep. at Bar Pagal, which is the newest burlesque bar in Melbourne, um, as well as at Rainbow House. And another new venue called the Palace of Magnificent Experiences. <laughs> um, that's me. <laughs> that's amazing. Fun. Amazing. Well, we'll pop those up on uh, the Instagram as well in the gig guide yes. for our show. But I guess until then, I'm Marley. I'm Thomas. And we will see you next time on another episode of. Born, Born to, drag. to drag. Bye. Bye. Bye, Cathelia. Bye. <laughs> Born to Drag is a Toyland Trouble production. Produced and sound engineered by Thomas Bradford. Co-produced by Marley Koenig-Drew. And season two is co-hosted by Thomas Bradford and Marley Koenig-Drew. Our theme song is an original by Thomas Bradford. And our logo artwork is designed by Marley Koenig-Drew and digitally transformed by Thomas Bradford. 